Hare Krishna everyone, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the live studios in Hyde, Kent, Southeast England, just across the street from the English Channel. As the world breathes a sigh of relief, as Donald J. Trump gives up the presidency and flies into the sunset on his way to Florida, where the neighbors don't want him to stay there, live there, because of a contract he has signed. <clears throat> we are here, still enjoying every day the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, and living happily. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur expressed that happiness <clears throat> uh, in this in this very nice poetic glorification of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. <clears throat> he said, in due course, Mahapralaya, devastating floods, will inundate the entire universe. If you attempt to survive by swimming in that deluge, then do not neglect to take hold of Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, and Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. <clears throat> or, if you cannot hold all three, then release Bhagavad Gita. If necessary, you may also relinquish Srimad Bhagavatam. But under no circumstances, release your hold on Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. For if this one book remains, then the flood can do no actual damage. Because after the flood, has subsided, the message of Shastra can be revived from Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita alone, it being the essence of all Shastra. Jai Jai Sri Chaitanya Jai Nityananda Jai Chaitanya Jai Nityananda Jai Advaita Chandra Jai Gaura Bhakta Vrinda all right. We've reached the 19th chapter of Anjalila. <clears throat> and there are 20 chapters in the Anjalila. 19th chapter. The inconceivable behavior of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The following summary of, of chapter 19 is given by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his Amrita Pravahabhasha. Every year, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Jagannanda Pandit to visit the Lord's mother in Navadvi with gifts of cloth and prasadam. After one such visit, Jagannanda Pandit returned to Puri with a sonnet that Advaita Acharya had written. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu read it, his ecstasy was so great that all the devotees feared that the Lord 
would very soon pass away. The Lord's condition was so serious that at night he would bruise and bloody his face by rubbing it against the walls. To stop this, Surup Damodar asked Shankar Pandit to stay at night in the same room with the Lord. This chapter further describes how Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu entered the Jagannath Balabha garden during the full moon night of Vaishaka, April-May, and experienced various transcendental ecstasies. Overwhelmed with ecstatic love, at suddenly seeing Lord Sri Krishna beneath an Ashok tree, he exhibited various symptoms of spiritual madness. Text 1. <clears throat> Pandetam Krishna Chaitanyam Matri Bhakta Shiromanim Palapya Mokasangarshi Madud Yane Lalasiyaha Lalasiyaha Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the most exalted of all devotees of mothers, spoke like a madman and rubbed his face against the walls. Overwhelmed by emotions of ecstatic love, he would sometimes enter the Jagannath Balabha garden to perform his pastimes. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. All glories to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All glories to Lord Nityananda. All glories to Advaita Acharya. And all glories to all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In the ecstasy of love of Krishna, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu thus behaved like a madman, talking insanely all day and night. <clears throat> Jagadananda Pandit was a very dear devotee of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The Lord derived great pleasure from his activities. The Lord knew that his mother was greatly afflicted by separation from him, and so he would send Jagannanda Pandit to Navadvi every year to console her. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Jagannanda Pandit, Go to Nadia and offer my obeisances to my mother. Touch her lotus feet in my name. Tell her for me. Please remember that I come here every day and offer my respects to your lotus feet. Any day you desire to feed me, I certainly come and accept what you offer. I have given up service to you and have accepted the vow of sannyas. I have thus become mad and have destroyed the principles of religion. Mother, please do not take this as an offense. For I, your son, am completely dependent upon you. I am, I am staying here at Nilachala Jagannath Puri according to your order. As long as I live, I shall not leave this place. Following the order of Paramananda Puri, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sent his mother the prasad clothing Lord Jagannath left after his pastimes as a cowherd boy. 
Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu very carefully brought first class prasad, prasadam from Lord Jagannath and sent it in separate packages to his mother and the devotees at Nadia. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the topmost gem of all devotees of mothers. He rendered service to his mother even after he had accepted the vow of sannyas. Jagadananda Pandit thus went to Nadia, and when he met Sachimata, he conveyed to her all the Lord's salutations. He then met all the other devotees, headed by Advaita Acharya, and gave them the prasadam of, of Jagannath. After staying for one month, he took permission for Mother Shachi to leave. When he went to Advaita Acharya and also asked his permission to return, Advaita Prabhu gave him a message to deliver to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Advaita Acharya had written a sonnet in equivocal language with an import that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu could understand, but others could not. In his sonnet, Advaita Prabhu first offered his, obeis his obeisances hundreds and thousands of times at, unto the lotus feet of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He then submitted the following statement at his lotus feet. Please inform Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who is acting like a madman, that everyone here has become mad like him. Inform him also that in the marketplace, rice is no longer in demand. Further tell him that those now in, in mad and ecstatic love are no longer interested in the material world. Also tell Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that one who is who had, that one who has also become a madman in ecstatic love, Advaita Prabhu, has spoken these words. Upon hearing Advaita Acharya's statement, Jagannanda Pandit began to laugh, and when he returned to Jagannath Puri, Nilachala, he informed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of everything. After hearing the equivocal sonnet by Advaita Acharya, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu quietly smiled. That is his order, he said. Then he fell silent. Although Surup Dhammadar Goswami knew the secret, he inquired from the Lord, What is the meaning of this sonnet? I could not understand it. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, Advaita Acharya is a great worshipper of the Lord and is very expert in the regulated principles enjoined in the Vedic literatures. Advaita Acharya invites the Lord to come and be worshipped, and to perform the worship he keeps the deity for some time. After the worship is completed, he sends the deity somewhere else. I do not know the meaning of this sonnet, nor do I know what is in Advaita Prabhu's mind. Advaita Acharya is a great mystic. No one can understand him. He is expert in writing sonnets that even I myself cannot understand. 
29. Hearing this, all the devotees were astonished, especially Surup Damodar, who became somewhat morose. From that day on, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's emotional state changed markedly. His feelings of separation from Krishna doubled in intensity. As his feelings of separation in the ecstasy of Srimati Radharani increased at every moment, the Lord's activities, both day and night, were now wild, insane performances. Suddenly there awoke within Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu the scene of Lord Krishna's departure to Mathura, and he began exhibiting the symptom of ecstatic madness known as Udgorna. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spoke like a madman, holding Ramananda Roy by the neck, and he questioned Surup Damodar, thinking him to be his gopi friend. Just as Srimati Radharani inquired from her personal friend Vishaka, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, reciting that verse, that very verse, began speaking like a madman. <clears throat> My dear friend, where is Krishna? who was like the moon rising from the ocean of Maharaj Nanda's dynasty? Where is Krishna, his head decorated with a peacock feather? Where is he? Where is Krishna, whose flute produces such a deep sound? Oh, where is Krishna, whose bodily luster is like the luster of the blue Indra Nila jewel? Where is Krishna, who is so expert in rasa dancing. Oh, where is he who can save my life? Kindly tell me where to find Krishna, the treasure of my life and my best of friends. Feeling separation from him, I hereby condemn providence, the shaper of my destiny. Purport. This verse is found in the Lalita Madhava 3. 25 of Srila Rupa Goswami. Mm. The family of Maharaj Nanda is just like an ocean of milk, wherein Lord Krishna has arisen like the full moon to illuminate the entire universe. The eyes of the residents of Raja are like Chikora birds that continuously drink, drink the nectar of his bodily luster, and thus live peacefully. My dear Krishna, where is Krishna? Kindly let me see him. My heart breaks at not seeing his face even for a moment. Kindly show him to me immediately, otherwise I cannot live. The women of Vrindavan are just like lilies growing hot in the sun of lusty desires. But moonlight Krishna makes them all jubilant by bestowing upon him the nectar of his hands. Oh, my dear friend, where is my moon now? Shave, save my life by showing him to me. My dear friend, where is that beautiful helmet with a peacock feather upon it like a rainbow upon a like a rainbow upon a new cloud. 
Where are those yellow garments shining like lightning? And where is that pearl necklace resembling a flock of herons flying in the sky? The blackish body of Krishna triumphs over the new blackish rain cloud. If a person's eyes even once capture that beautiful body of Krishna, it remains always prominent within his heart. Krishna's body resembles the sap of the mango tree, for when it enters the minds of women, it will not come out, despite great endeavor. Thus Krishna's extraordinary body is like a thorn of the saya berry tree. Krishna's bodily luster shines like the Indranila gem and surpasses the luster of the tamal tree. His bodily luster drives the entire world mad because providence has made it transparent by refining the essence of the mellow of conjugal love and mixing it with moonshine. <clears throat> The deep vibration of Krishna's flute surpasses the thundering of new clouds and attracts the oral reception of the entire world. Thus the inhabitants of Vrindavan rise and pursue that sound, drinking the showering nectar of Krishna's bodily luster like thirsty chataka birds. Krishna is the reservoir of art and culture. He is the panacea that saves my life. Oh, my dear friend, since I live without him, who is the best among my friends, I condemn the duration of my life. I think that providence has cheated me in many ways. Why does providence continue the life of one who does not wish to live. This thought aroused anger and lamentation in Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who then recited a verse from Srimad Bhagavatam that chastises providence and makes an accusation against Krishna. O providence, you have no mercy you bring embodied souls together through friendship and affection, but before their desires are fulfilled, you separate them. Your activities are like the foolish pranks of children. <clears throat> Purport. This verse, quoted from Srimad Bhagavatam, 10.39.19, was chanted by the damsels of Braj when Krishna left Vrindavan for Mathura with Akrura and Balarama. The gopis, lament, the gopis lamented that providence had made it possible for them to meet Krishna and Balaram in affection and love and, and had then separated them. Providence, you do not know the purport of loving affairs and therefore you baffle all our endeavors. This is very childish of you. If we could catch you, 
but it would give you such a lesson that you would never again make such arrangements. O cruel providence, you are very unkind, for you bring together in love people who are rarely in touch with each other. Then, after you, after you have made them meet, but before they are fulfilled, you again spread them far apart. <clears throat> o Providence, you are so unkind. You reveal the beautiful face of Krishna and make the mind and eyes greedy. But after they have drunk that nectar for only a moment, you whisk Krishna away to another place. This is a great sin because you thus take away what you have given as charity. O oh, misbehaved providence, if you reply to us, Akrura is actually at fault, why are you angry with me? Then I say to you, providence, you have taken the form of Krura and have stolen Krishna away. No one else would behave like this. But this is the fault of my own destiny. Why should I needlessly accuse you? There is no intimate relationship between you and me. Krishna, however, is my life and soul. It is we who live, who live together, and it is He who has become so cruel. He for whom I have left everything is personally killing me with His own hands. Krishna has no fear of killing women. Indeed, I am dying for him, but he doesn't even turn back to look at me. Within a moment, he has bro broken off our loving affairs. Yet why should I be angry with Krishna? It is the fault of my own misfortune. The fruit of my sinful activities has ripened, and therefore Krishna who has always been dependent on my love, is now indifferent. This means that my misfortune is very strong. In this way, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lamented in the mood of separation. Alas, alas, O Krishna, where have you gone? Feeling in his heart the ecstatic emotions of the gopis, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu agonized in their words, saying, O Govinda, O Damodar, O Madhava. Surup Damodar and Ramananda Roy then devised various means to pacify the Lord. They sang songs of meeting that transformed his heart and made his mind peaceful. As Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lamented in this way, half the night passed. Then Surup Damodar made the Lord lie down in the room known as the Gambira. After the Lord was made to lie down, Ramananda Roy returned home, and Surup Damodar and Govinda lay down at the door of the Gambira. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stayed awake all night, chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra his mind overwhelmed by spiritual ecstasy. Feeling separation from Krishna, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was so distraught that in great anxiety he stood up and began rubbing his face against the walls 
of the Gambira. Blood oozed from the many injuries on his mouth, nose, and cheeks. But due to his ecstatic emotions, the Lord did not know it. In ecstasy, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rubbed his face against the walls all night long, making a peculiar sound, gong, gong, which Srup Damodar could hear through the door. Lighting a lamp, Srup Damodar and Govinda entered the room. When they saw the Lord's face, they were filled with sorrow. They brought the Lord to his bed, calmed him, and then asked, Why have you done this to yourself? Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, I was in such anxiety that I could not stay in the room. I wanted to go out, and therefore I wandered about the room, looking for the door. Unable to find the door, I kept hitting the four walls with my face. My face was injured, and it bled, but still I could not get out. In this state of madness, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mind was unsteady. Whatever he said or did, was all sim symptomatic of madness. Surup Damodar was very anxious, but then he had an idea. The following day, he and the other devotees considered it together. After consulting with one another, they entreated Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to allow Shankar Pandit to lie down in the same room with him. Thus Shankar Pandit, Shankar Pandit, lay at the feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and the Lord placed his legs upon Shankar's body. Shankar became celebrated by the name Prabhu Padupadana, the pillow of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was like Vidura, as Shukadeva Goswami previously described him. When submissive Vidura, the resting place of the legs of Lord Krishna, had thus spoken to Maitreya. Maitreya began speaking, his head standing on his hair standing on end, due to the transcendental pleasure of discussing topics concerning Lord Krishna. Purport. This is a quotation from Srimad Bhagavatam 3, 13, 5, text 71. Shankar massaged the legs of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But while massaging, he would fall asleep <clears throat> and thus lie down. He would lie asleep without a covering on his body. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would get up and wrap him with his own quilt. Shankar Pandit would always fall asleep, but he would quickly awaken, sit up, and again begin massaging the legs of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In this way, he would stay awake the entire night. Out of fear of Shankar, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu could neither leave the room nor rub his lotus-like face against the walls. This pastime of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's has been described very nicely by Raghunath Das Goswami in his book known as Goranga Stava, Stava Kalpa Riksha. Because of separation from his many friends in Vrindavan, who were like his own life, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spoke like a madman. 
His intelligence was transformed. Day and night, he rubbed his moon-like face against the walls, and blood flowed from the injuries. May that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rise in my heart and make me mad with love. Purport. This verse is Goranga Stava Kalpa Briksha 7, <clears throat> text 77. In this way, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stayed immersed day and night in an ocean of ecstatic love for Krishna. Sometimes he was submerged, and sometimes he floated. One full moon night in the month of Vaishaka, April-May, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to a garden. The Lord, along with his devotees, entered one of the nicest gardens called Jagannath Vallabha. In the garden were fully blossomed trees and creepers exactly like those in Vrindavan. Bumblebees and birds like the Shuka, Shari and Pika talked with one another. A mild breeze was blowing, carrying the fragrance of aromatic flowers. The breeze had become a guru and was teaching all the trees and creepers how to dance. Brightly illuminated by the full moon, the trees and creepers glittered in the night. The six seasons, especially spring, seemed present there. Seeing the garden, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, was very happy. In this atmosphere, the Lord had his associates sing the verse from the Gita Govinda, beginning with the words, Lalita Lavanga Lata, as he danced and wandered about with them. As he thus wandered around every tree and creeper, he, became, he came beneath an Ashok tree and suddenly saw Lord Krishna. When he saw Krishna, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu began running, began running very swiftly, but Krishna smiled and disappeared. Having gotten Krishna and then lost him, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu fell to the ground, unconscious. The entire garden was filled with the scent of Lord Sri Krishna's transcendental body. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu smelled it, he fell unconscious at once. But the scent of Krishna's body incessantly entered his nostrils and the Lord became mad to relish it. Srimati Radharani once spoke a verse to her gopi friends describing how she hankers for the transcendental scent of Krishna's body. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu recited that same verse and made its meaning clear. The scent of Krishna's transcendental body surpasses the aroma of musk and attracts the minds of all women. The eight lotus-like parts of his body distribute the fragrance of lotuses mixed with that of camphor. His body is anointed with aromatic substances like musk, camphor, sandalwood, and aguru. 
Oh, my dear friend, that personality of Godhead, also known as the Enchanter of Cupid, always increases the desire of my nostrils. Purport. This verse is found in the Govinda Lilamrita 8.6. The scent of Krishna's body surpasses the fragrances of musk and the bluish lotus flower. Spreading throughout the 14 worlds, it attracts everyone and makes the eyes of all women blind. My dear friend, the scent of Krishna's body enchants the entire world. It especially enters the nostrils of women and remains seated there. It captures them and forcibly brings them to Krishna. <clears throat> Krishna's eyes, navel and face, hands and feet are like eight lotus flowers on his body. From those eight lotuses, emanates a fragrance like a mixture of camphor and lotus. That is the scent associated with his body. When sandalwood pulp is mixed with a guru, kumkum, musk, and camphor, and spread on Krishna's body, it combines with Krishna's own original bodily perfume and seems to cover it. Purport. In another version, the last line of this verse reads, Kama Devera Manakoila Churi. This means the scent of all these substances mixes with the previous scent of Krishna's body and steals away the mind of Cupid. 96. The scent of Krishna's transcendental body is so attractive that it encha enchants the bodies and minds of all women. It bewilders their nostrils, loosens their belts and hair, and makes them mad women. All the women of the world come under its influence, and therefore the scent of Krishna's body is like a plunderer. Falling completely under its influence, the nostrils yearn for it continuously, although sometimes they obtain it and sometimes not. When they do drink, they're full, though they still want more and more. Falling completely under its influence, the nostrils yearn for it continuously, although sometimes they obtain it and sometimes not. When they do, they drink their fill, though they still want more and more. But if they don't, then out of thirst, they die. The dramatic actor, Madan Mohan, has opened a shop of scents that attract the women of the world to be his customers. He delivers the, the scents freely, but they make all women all so blind, they cannot find the path for turning home. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his mind thus stolen by the scent of Krishna's body, ran here and there like a bumblebee. He ran to the trees and plants, hoping that Lord Krishna would appear, but instead he found 
only that scent. Both Sarup Damodar and Ramananda Roy sang to the Lord, who danced and enjoyed happiness until the morning arrived. Then these two associates of the Lord devised a plan to bring him to external consciousness. Thus I, Krishna Das, a servant of Srila Rupa Goswami, has sung, have sung of four divisions of the Lord, Lord's pastimes in this chapter. The Lord's devotion to his mother, his words of madness, his rubbing his face against the walls at night, and his dancing at the appearance of Lord Krishna's fragrance. Purport. Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami says that he has been able to describe these four pastimes of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by the blessings of Srila Rupa Goswami. Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami was not actually a direct, a direct disciple of Srila Rupa Goswami, but he followed the instructions given by Srila Rupa Goswami in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. He therefore acted according to the directions of Rupa Goswami and prayed in every chapter for his mercy. <clears throat> Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu thus returned to external consciousness. He then bathed and went to see Lord Jagannath. The pastimes of Lord Krishna are uncommonly full of transcendental potency. It is a characteristic of such pastimes that they do not fall within the jurisdiction of experimental logic and arguments. When transcendental love of Krishna awakens in someone's heart, even a learned scholar cannot comprehend his activities. The activities and symptoms of that exalted personality in whose heart love of Godhead is awakened cannot be understood even by the most learned scholar. Purport. This verse is quoted from the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu 1.4.17. The activities of Lord Sri Chaitanya, Mahap Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are undoubtedly uncommon especially his talking like a madman. Therefore, one who hears of these pastimes should not put forward mundane arguments. He should simply hear the pastimes with full faith. The evidence of this truth, the evidence of the truth, the evidence of the truth of these talks is found in Srimad Bhagavatam. There, in the section of the tenth canto, known as the Brahmara Gita, the song to the bumblebee, Srimati Radharani speaks insanely in ecstatic love for Krishna. This is a very long purport. I remember this purport. How long is it? Uh, I can't tell the pages, but paragraphs, translations to these verses. Mm. 
Oh, 10, 47, 12 to 21. About. Okay. We're going to go for it. <clears throat> Purport. Now, turn up your antennas. This is a very intense purport and very nectarian. Osmanjari commented four pages. Four pages. Purport. When Uddhava arrived from Mathura, carrying a message for the gopis, <clears throat> the gopis began talking about Krishna and crying. Then, Srimati Radharani saw a bumblebee and began speaking to it like someone mad thinking that the bumblebee was a messenger of Uddhava's or was someone very dear to him and Krishna. The verses are as follows. Srimad Bhagavatam 10, 47, 12-21 My dear bumblebee, you are a very cunning friend of Uddhava and Krishna. You are very expert in touching people's feet. But I am not going to be misled by you, by this. You appear to have sat on the breasts of one of Krishna's friends, for I see that you have kumkum dust on your mustache. Krishna is now engaged in flattering all his young girlfriends in Mathura. Therefore, now that he, had be, now that he can be called a friend of the residents of Mathura, he does not need the help of the residents of Vrindavan. <clears throat> he has no reason to satisfy us gopis. Since you are the messenger of such a person as he, what is the use of your presence here? Certainly, Krishna would be ashamed of your presence in this assembly. How has Krishna offended the gopis? so that they want to reject him from their minds? The answer is given as follows. Krishna, is no, Krishna no longer gives us the enchanting nectar of his lips. Instead, he now gives that nectar to the women of Mathura. Krishna directly attracts our minds, yet he resembles a, bumble a bumblebee like you, because he gives up the association of a beautiful flower and goes to a flower that is inferior. That is the way Krishna has treated us. I do not know why the goddess of fortune continues to serve his lotus feet instead of leaving them aside. Apparently she believes Krishna's false words. We gopis, however, are not unintelligent like Lakshmi. After, after hearing the bumblebee's sweet songs and re recognizing that the bee was singing about Krishna for her satisfaction, the gopi replied, <clears throat> Dear bumblebee, Lord Krishna has no residence here, but we know him as Yadupati, the king of the Yadu dynasty. We know him very well, and therefore we are not interested in hearing any more songs about him. 
it would be better for you to go sing to those who are now very dear to Krishna. Dear Bumblebee, Lord Krishna has no residence here, but we know him as Yadupati, the king of the Yadu dynasty. We know him very well, and therefore we are not interested in hearing any more songs about him. It would be better for you to go sing to those who are now very dear to Krishna. Those women of Mathura have now achieved the opportunity of being embraced by Him. They are His beloveds now, and therefore He has relieved the burning in their breasts. If you go there and sing your songs to those fortunate women, they will be very pleased and they will honor you. O collector of honey, Krishna must be very sorry not to see us gopis. Surely he is afflicted by the memories of our pastimes. Therefore he has sent you as a messenger to satisfy us. Do not speak to us. All the women of the three worlds where death is inevitable, the heavenly middle and lower planets, are all very easily available to Krishna because his curved eyebrows are so attractive. Moreover, he is always served very faithfully by the goddess of fortune. In comparison with her, we are most insignificant. Indeed, we are nothing. Yet although he is very cunning, Krishna is also very charitable. You may inform him that he is praised for his kindness to unfortunate persons and that he is therefore known as Uttama Shloka one who is praised by chosen words and verses. You are buzzing at my feet just to be forgiven for your past offenses. Kindly go away from my feet. I know that Mukunda has taught you to speak very sweet, flattering words like this to act as his messenger. These are certainly clever tricks. My dear bumblebee, but I can understand them. This is Krishna's offense. Do not tell Krishna what I have said, although I know that you are very envious. We gopis have given up our husbands, our sons, and all the religious principles that promise better births, and, and now we have no business other than serving Krishna. Yet Krishna, by controlling his mind, has easily, easily forgotten us. Therefore, don't speak to him anymore. Therefore, don't speak of him anymore. Let us forget our relationship. When we remember the past births of Krishna, my dear Bumblebee, we are very much afraid of him. In his incarnation as Lord Ramachandra, he acted just like a hunter and unjustly killed his friend, Bali. Lusty Shorpanaka came to satisfy 
Ramachandra's desires. But he was so attached to Sita Devi that he cut off Shurpanaka's nose. Shurpanaka, Shurpanaka's nose. He is so attached to Sita Devi that he cut off Shurnapanaka's nose. In his incarnation as Vamanadev, he plundered Bali Maharaj and took all his possessions, cheating him on the pretext of accepting worship from him. Vamanadev caught Bali Maharaj exactly as one catches a crow. My dear Bumblebee, it is not very good for, to make friends with such a person. I know that once one begins to talk about Krishna, it is very difficult to stop, and I admit that I have insufficient strength to give up talking about him. Topics about Krishna are so powerful that they destroy the four religious principles, religion, economic development, sense gratification, and liberation. Anyone who drinks even a small drop of Krishna Kata through oral reception is freed from all material attachment and envy. Like a bird with no means of subsistence, like a bird with no means of subsistence, such a person becomes a mendicant and lives by begging. Ordinary household affairs become miserable for him, and without attachment, he suddenly gives up everything. Although such renunciation is quite suitable, because I am a woman, I am unable to stop it. Although such renunciation is quite suitable, because I am a woman, I am unable to adopt it. Oh, my dear messenger, I am just like a foolish bird that hears the sweet songs of a hunter, believes in them due to simplicity, and is then pierced by in the heart and made to suffer all kinds of miseries. Because we believed in Krishna's words, we have suffered great pain. Indeed, the touch of Krishna's nails has injured our faces. He has caused us so much pain. Therefore, you should give up topics concerning him and talk about something else. After hearing all these statements from Srimati Radhika, the bumblebee left and then returned. After some time, the gopi said, You are Krishna's very dear friend, and by his order, you have come here again. Therefore, you are worshipable for me. O best of messengers, tell me now, what is your request? What do you want? Krishna cannot give up conjugal love, and therefore I understand that you have come here to take us to him. But how will you do that? We know that many goddesses of fortune now reside at Krishna's chest 
and they constantly serve Krishna better than we can. Praising the bumblebee for its sobriety, she began to speak in great jubilation. Krishna now, Krishna is now living like a gentleman in Mathura, forgetting all the gopis of Vrindavan. But does he not remember the sweet house of his father, Nanda Maharaj? We are all naturally his maidservants. Does he not remember us? Does he ever speak about us? Or has he forgotten us completely? Will he ever forgive us and once again touch us with those hands fragrant with the scent of a guru? Text 108 The songs of the queens at Dwarka, which are mentioned at the end of the tenth canto of Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, have a very special meaning. They are not understood even by the most learned scholars. <clears throat> Here we go again. songs of Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, these songs of Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam are verses 15 to 24 of the 19th, 90th chapter of the 10th canto. All the queens incessantly thought of Krishna. After their pastimes in the water, the queen said, Our dear friend, the osprey, Krishna is now asleep, but we stay awake at night because of him. You laugh at us when you see us awake at night. And why you are not sleep? But why are you not sleeping? But why are you not sleeping? You seem absorbed in thoughts of Krishna. Have you also been pierced by Krishna's smile? His smile is very sweet. One who is pierced by such an arrow is very fortunate. O oh, Chakravaki, you keep your eyes wide open at night because you cannot see your friend. Indeed, you are suffering very much. It is because of compassion that you are crying. Is it because of compassion that you are crying? Or, you, or are you trying to capture Krishna by remembering him? Having been touched by the lotus feet of Krishna, all the queens are very happy. Are you crying to wear Krishna's garland on your head? Please answer these questions clearly, O Chakravaki, so that we can understand. O Ocean, you have no opportunity to sleep quietly at night. Instead, you always awake Instead, you are always awake and crying. You have received this benediction, and your heart is broken, just like ours. Mukunda's business with us is simply to smear our marks of kumkum. O ocean, you suffer as much as we. O moon, you appear to be suffering from a severe fever, perhaps tuberculosis. Indeed, your effulgence has not, indeed, your effulgence 
does not have the strength to destroy the darkness. Have you become mad after hearing the songs of Krishna? Is that why you are silent? Seeing your suffering, we feel that you are one of us. O oh, Malayan breeze, tell us, kindly tell us, what wrong we have done to you. Why do you fan flam flames of desire in our hearts? We have been pierced by the arrow of Govinda's glance, for he is perfect in the art of awakening the influence of Cupid. Dear cloud, O friend of Krishna's, are you thinking of the Srivats symbol on Krishna's chest, like us queens engaged in loving affairs with him? You are absorbed in meditation, remembering the association of Krishna, and thus you shed tears of misery. Dear Kuku, you possess a very sweet voice, and you are very expert in imitating others. You can excite even a dead body with your voice. Therefore, tell the queens that good behavior is their proper duty. O magnanimous mountain, you are very grave and sober, absorbed in thoughts of doing something very great. Like us, you have vowed to keep within your heart the lotus feet of Krishna, the son of Vasudev. O rivers, wives of the ocean, we see that the ocean does not give you happiness. Thus you have almost dried up and you no longer bear beautiful lotuses. The lotuses have become skinny, and even in the sunshine they are devoid of all pleasure. Similarly, the hearts of us poor queens are dried up, and our bodies are skinny because we are now devoid of loving affairs with Madhupati. Are you, like us, dry and without beauty because you are devoid of Krishna's loving glance? O oh, swan, you have come here so happily. Let us welcome you. We understand that you are always Krishna's messenger. Now while you drink this milk, tell us what his message is. Has Krishna said something about us to you? May we, may we inquire from you whether Krishna is happy? We want to know. Does he remember us? We know that the goddess of fortune is serving him alone. We are simply maidservants. How can we worship him who speaks sweet words? How can we worship him who sweet, speaks sweet words but never fulfills our desires? Text 109. If one becomes a servant of the servants of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Lord Nityananda Prabhu and is favored by them, he can believe in all these discourses. Just try to hear these topics with faith, for there is great pleasure even in hearing them. That hearing will destroy all miseries pertaining to the body mind and other living entities and the unhappiness of false 
argument as well. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita is ever increasingly fresh. For one who hears it again and again, the heart and ear become pacified. Sri Rupa Raghunatha Padayara Ash Chaitanya Charitamrita Kahe Krishna Das Praying the lotus feet of Sri Rupa and Sri Raghunath, always desiring their mercy, I, Krishna Das, narrate Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita following in their footsteps. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports to Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Anjalila, 19th chapter, describing the Lord's devotion to his mother, his mad speeches in separation from Krishna, his rubbing his face against the walls of the Gambira, and his dancing in the Jagannath Balaba garden. Jai Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki The ecstatic symptoms of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Sri Krishna's devotional service, Sri Mati Radharani's loving devotional service, Sri Mati Radharani's soliloquy to the bumblebee, in Braja, Gaur Premanandu, Hari Hari and the Queen's prayers to Krishna, Kijai. Okay, Hare Krishna. Anyone have any reflections or comments or first thing? Two questions from Raj Balaba. I think you have to speak into the mic. You'll get closer to the mic so you can speak right into the mic because your voice is so soft <clears throat> and sweet. Raj Balaba says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. I have two things, questions. Although a madman in his pastimes, in this material world, devotees are viewed as madmen by society. Just an observation. Is this level of madness available to a regular devotee at the right time? This, this symptom of madness, madness is developed, is, is available to any devotee who surrenders himself completely to Krishna. Uh, without reservation, without interruption, uh, and hears these pastimes with complete faith. And without, as we said, we heard right at the end, without false arguments. But not for every devotee. Not every devotee will develop that mood 
of love that we've been hearing about. Other devotees may be in the mood of friends or parental figures or or devotees of some other expansion of Krishna. We all have a relationship with Krishna fixed in our hearts, but these pastimes will bring out whatever that uh, emotion is. Rajvalava also comments, he says, also I like this statement that we hear Again and again, there is benefit. After hearing these pastimes, I am ready to leave this world and chase Lord Chaitanya anywhere with a smiley face. <laughs> there you go. That's the conclusion. Hare Krishna, thank you very much. Just ch just keep chasing that, that desire. Next is something from Bhakta Ben. He says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. In verse 45, the gopis lament that providence brings people together and then brings them apart. We hear that these feelings of separation when for Krishna are very ecstatic. The material counterpart for these feelings are, however, very raw and painful. I have recently been reflecting on my losing my grandfather in my teens. He was my constant companion, and he left very suddenly. The feeling of separation tore me apart at that time. Mm. To reflect on that time brings about feelings of material separation that feel like a vice on the heart. I understand by reading scriptures that all material relationships are like twigs being washed together in the sea. But I'm not that realized, so naturally I'm attached to my cluster of twigs. I wondered, is there any value in reflecting on these things and stirring up these kinds of emotions of loss? Or should one just focus on devotional service and pray that lost loved ones can come to Krishna? Well, these feelings of loss are perverted reflections of love, of real love. Because... As we heard just now, uh, the queens of Krishna were lamenting. <coughs> they were speaking like Radharani spoke to the bumblebee. They were speaking to the clouds and to the swans and to the rivers and to the whatever. But Krishna was right there. This is called Prema Vaichitya, and it is the, the topmost uh, feelings of love. And it is the feeling of love that is so intense that the anticipation of Krishna not being there causes them to lament in separation to the point that Krishna disappears, even though he's right there in front of them. So the feeling that we have for our loved ones in the material world who we are separated from are perverted. They're perverted. But in the spiritual world, that same feeling of separation does not cause suffering. It causes 
greater ecstasy, a feeling of greater intimacy and closeness to Krishna. And it is so intense that our acharyas describe that it is the most intense form or the most intense feature of or stage of love for Krishna. Because of its intensity. So rather than be degraded or depressed or suffer from feelings of loss from your grandfather, better to remember him in prayer that he should be able to go and see Krishna. Then that will change that feeling of, you know, suffering to feeling of happiness. Hare Krishna. Anything can be used in Krishna's service in the right consciousness. But it's not that we cultivate feelings of separation from a material relative. But when that feeling comes upon us, then we should dovetail it in prayers to Krishna to please give the person shelter or, or bring the person back to him. And in order to ensure that that, of the success of that prayer, ourselves should become pure devotees, unalloyed devotees. And then you will uh, benefit your grandfather with uh, Krishna consciousness. Because anyone who becomes a pure devotee of Krishna, an actual pure devotee of Krishna, then whoever has been in his bloodline, they've been close to, especially family, they become also delivered. So why should you lament and suffer? Why don't you become a pure devotee and deliver your grandfather? This is the difference between mundane lamentation and separation from Krishna. One benefits everyone and the other one doesn't benefit anyone, even us. Hare Krishna. Next is a comment from Gopakanya Devi Das. Hare Krishna Gopakanya. She says, I am hearing this from you with all faith, dear Maharaj, and I have full faith in Sri Guru Dev and Gauranga. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Blessed, blessed, and blessed. Only to those who have complete faith in Krishna and in the spiritual master are all the imports of Vedic knowledge revealed. Hare Krishna. Bhakta Ben says, Jai, thanks, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Ok, 
Okay, this was very, very nectarian reading tonight, and last few nights especially, but especially tonight. And um, tomorrow we will hear the Shikshastika prayers from Lord Chaitanya, the culmination of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and hopefully we'll go ahead and read the concluding words of Srila Prabhupada. Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai, Samaveda Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night, same place, same time, same topic, ecstatic love exhibited by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Hare Krishna.